Good morning. This is Harry Herman, CEO and founder of Health IT Strategy. Health IT Strategy is a consulting practice focused on improving information technology services in the healthcare space. Our goal is to assist providers, hospitals, and health systems achieve better outcomes and optimal organizational and financial performance by enhancing the use of information technology assets. In healthcare, the stakes are high for the customer as well as the organization providing care, and health IT strategy brings a new level of effectiveness to the organization. Today, I am continuing a series of articles on technology leadership and governance. In my first two articles, I established the focus of the series and provided some basic information about my approach and goals. For those of you new to the series, I encourage you to read or listen to those articles for that background. The articles are available on LinkedIn and as audio on SoundCloud and iTunes podcasts. For those of you who are familiar with the series, a few quick reminders. I believe in simplicity and clarity, so although I will occasionally need to use technical terms, I will make every effort to use clear, concise language to explain why these topics matter to you your patients, and your organization. These articles are not exhaustive examinations of the topic, but rather intended to provide some key insights. My goal is to not only get you thinking about how to improve the use of technology in your organization, but to take action. Finally, I hope you will want to understand more about some of these topics, and you will take the time to give me a call or send an email to start further conversation. Here is today's topic. Disaster Recovery Disaster recovery is a set of policies and procedures designed to enable recovery from a disaster. A disaster is defined as an event that results in significant downtime or inability to perform critical computing or provide critical functionality to system users. Disasters may be natural disasters or man-made. Examples are storms, floods, fires, earthquakes, major electrical disturbances, unanticipated equipment failures, and upgrades that render critical systems unusable. While the definition of disaster recovery suggests that policies and procedures are crucial to a disaster recovery plan, and they are, they are not the most important item. In the real estate business, there is an old adage that the three most important things to consider when acquiring real estate are location, location, and location. My assertion is that the three most important things to consider in disaster recovery planning are testing, testing, and testing. Testing matters so much because unless you test your applications in the actual environment where they will be used, you will not discover all of the shortcomings of your plan until an actual disaster occurs. This can have serious consequences in terms of your ability to recover, or at best, your ability to recover in a timely fashion. Shortcomings of your plan may be in the form of assumptions of availability of components that are potential single points of failure, the readiness of business users and their business continuity plan, or a reliance on systems or applications that were left out of the plan because there was not a recognition that critical systems included in the plan have a dependency on one or more systems deemed as non-critical. Testing is painful because it requires a heavy involvement of key business people whose time is very valuable to business operations 
and because it involves taking a scheduled downtime to simulate actual emergency conditions. Unfortunately, there are real-world examples of failed disaster recovery attempts because these painful testing steps were not taken. But the downtime resulting from the failed disaster recovery attempts was far more painful. The bottom line is that you must test with knowledgeable business staff performing realistic daily work and realistic closing, month-end, or other cyclical processes, and you must exercise your network equipment that fails over to the disaster recovery environment. Each time you test, you will find gaps in your policies and procedures. Testing must therefore occur no less than annually. The ideal disaster is, of course, the disaster that never occurs. To this end, housing systems in a secure, high-quality data center or with a high-quality cloud vendor and regularly testing the ability to recover backups as well as solid systems management is a prerequisite. Another prerequisite is a business continuity plan. What good is an earthquake or tornado-resistant data center if the business staff has no facilities to work and lacks the ability to remotely access the systems from alternate locations? Use your application portfolio management processes as a basis to identify the criticality of each application to the business, the acceptable recovery time for each application, and to identify application dependencies. Duplicating systems for recovery is costly, and every reasonable effort should be made to balance business risk and cost, including an examination of downtime procedures. Your policies and procedures will include a definition of a disaster, how the decision will be made to invoke the recovery program, and those persons responsible for that decision. It will also include the communications and notifications needed to inform those responsible for implementation. Further, it will include the specific sequence and necessary timeframes for the recovery process. Anyone reading the plan should be able to quickly understand the objectives of the plan and their personal objectives in executing the plan. It will also reference the business continuity plan for any disasters that may have effects on normal work locations of the business staff and IT staff co-located with the business staff. Consider some level of contingency planning for the disaster recovery plan. Consider the following questions as a minimal starting point. Where will copies of the plan be stored and how will they be distributed after the disaster occurs? Be very careful regarding any assumptions for either system or physical access. What alternate methods do you have for reaching people and where is that information kept and kept current? In the event of a natural disaster, what is the likelihood of all of your staff being able to report for work in the necessary time frame? In situations such as weather-related disasters where a warning may occur, some of your staff may choose or be forced to leave the area. If you cannot reach them, what methods can you provide them to reach the decision-making team that has a responsibility to invoke the plan? As you identify systems that need to be added to the plan via testing, what mechanisms do you have in place to verify that these systems are functioning properly in the disaster recovery environment without waiting a complete testing cycle? Have you truly identified all of your shadow IT systems 
cataloged those that are critical, and determined what IT resources, such as shared directories or folders, are needed for these systems. In closing, develop a solid set of policies and procedures for disaster recovery. Include references to the business continuity plan and consider contingency plans for natural disasters and other disruptions that affect a large geographic area. Make certain that copies of the plan are readily accessible to your people even in the event of a disaster, that your people understand the plan, and that you have alternate means of communication with your people in the event of a disaster or disturbance over a wide geographic area. Then, on a regular basis, test, test, and test. Thank you for your interest in our series on technology leadership. We appreciate your interest and invite your feedback.